Hello, I'm Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and welcome back to my Built to Thrive podcast. In yesterday's episode, I shared with you some of the unpleasant effects that loneliness can have on our bodies and minds. I shared that people who feel lonely are more likely to, of course, suffer from anxiety and depression, but people who feel lonely also are at risk of dying earlier and having more heart attacks and strokes. It really does affect our physical health. But I really don't want you to feel powerless, especially if you currently do feel lonely. You are not powerless at all. There are many ways in which we can all reduce our loneliness. And today, I'm going to explain why good friendships play such an important role here. First of all, I want to start by talking a little bit about what a real friend actually is. I think that many of us these days are trying to plug the hole that's created by the decline in real-life physical contact with social media contacts. But the friends that you make on Facebook or Instagram are often not real friends. Likes and comments simply do not have the same impact as hugs and conversation. And of course, we all know that many hurtful things get said online that you would never, ever say to someone else's face. Evolutionary psychologist Professor Robin Dunbar, who specializes in research into our tribal evolutionary history, says that people are more prone to say something on social media that they later regret because they don't receive the immediate checks and balances that you get during normal face-to-face interactions. Personally, I don't really consider someone a real friend until I've met them in person. A recent study estimated that it took about 50 hours of time spent with someone to make them a casual friend, 90 hours for them to be a friend, and 200 hours before you consider someone a close friend. I mean, that's incredible. And this leads me to a concept that I really love that I wrote about in my second book, The Stress Solution, the Japanese idea of moai. These are groups of five friends who have committed to each other for life. This term is used by people from the Okinawa region in Japan, who, by the way, live some of the longest lives of any humans in the world. And I absolutely believe that a network of solid friendships plays a huge role in that. So what do I actually mean by solid friendships? Well, if something really exciting is happening in my life, there are only a few people who I want to call and share that news with. But the same also applies to bad news as something you know, really toxic or negative is going down in my life, it's typically the same group of people who I want to call to share that with them as well. And these are the people who I would call my Moai mates. Now, I think this concept is particularly important for men. Did you know that men are four times more likely than women to take their own lives? And although there are definitely lots of factors that contribute to this, a lack of a close network is definitely one of them. Although loneliness affects everyone, women tend to find it more socially acceptable to meet up with friends for a catch-up or a weekly walk. Men, on the other hand, often feel like they can't do that. And, you know, these days with many pubs and other places that men used to meet regularly gradually disappearing, many men are feeling that sense of isolation. So how can we all take steps to nurture our friendships and help make more? Well, my first tip today is to actually prioritize it and diarize some time with your friends. This is not a luxury for your health. It is an absolute necessity for good mental well-being. Now, this, of course, assumes that you already do have some friends. Many people have lost touch because they've got 
busy with work or commitments, but I think that this will act as a little reminder that talking to your good friends, meeting up with your good friends is really, really important for your health and well-being. And maybe you feel a bit nervous now that I've not done anything for five years with that person. I can't just call them up out of the blue. But ask yourself, why not? Is there someone who you're close to or you were close to that you could reinitiate contact with? You know, most of us would love to get a message or a phone call from an old friend. And you know, if it really is a good friend, they really won't mind, especially if you open up and explain what's happened. But if you don't even have that, could there be someone at your work who you say, hey, look, you know, um, do you fancy you know, catching them on the phone tonight or going out for a coffee at lunchtime or whatever it might be? You know, can you just push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit? Because I've often done this with patients and it can really, really help. You just need to start. Or another helpful tip would be, you know, what kind of hobbies do you have? The things you enjoy doing that you typically do currently by yourself. Are there any local classes or clubs where this sort of stuff is going on? Let's say you like, you know, yoga or you like, I don't know, martial arts and you've been learning this online. What about a local class that you can actually go to and actually meet other people who share a similar interest? That can often be a fantastic way to start developing and nurturing those close friendships that are so, so important. For me, my old university friends with whom I am very, very close live hundreds of miles away. We all do. None of us live close to each other. So we try our best to meet up twice a year for a weekend. But if you live nearby to your friends, is there any reason you can't meet up with them once a fortnight, or perhaps once a month, or even speak to them on the phone regularly without distraction? Even that can really make a difference. My second tip would be to think about really opening up when you see or talk to these friends. You know, often we don't share who we really are in our interactions in life. We sort of hide parts of ourselves. We wear these sort of masks when we're at work, when we're out in the shops, or even when we're interacting with people we're close to. But if you don't take off those masks and allow people to see who you really are, it's very hard for them to truly get to know you. And it's very powerful to have relationships where you truly can be yourself. You can actually open up about your insecurities, any failings without fear of being judged. And I think this is one of the key benefits of having close friends. That's all I really wanted to share with you today. Just remember, close friendships are important. If you have some, prioritize them. If you don't have any, hopefully some of those tips that I shared will help you, you know, step outside your comfort zone a little bit and start developing new relationships, which hopefully over time will develop into deep friendships. That's all for today. Check back in tomorrow where I'm going to be talking about the ways that we can improve that most vital friendship, our relationship with our partners. Listener.